Welcome. I'm Myra Lewin, founder and director of Halipule Ayurveda and Yoga. And I'd like to share with you today about why it is that we do the practices of yoga, including meditation, and how they can be most helpful to you. Yoga, as you may know, means the union of body, mind, and spirit. It's a state of being, as well as a set of practices to take us toward that state of union. Now, meditation is in some ways the ultimate of those practices. There are other practices, including yoga asana or postures, pranayama, which is breath control, and meditation from the beginning to the deepest levels, bringing a realization of the higher self or the divine in us and a tremendous sense of freedom. Now, meditation in the beginning is an external practice. You know, learning to sit still for a period of time can be very challenging for some people. Many people say they have an overactive mind and can't meditate. But this is actually why we meditate. If the mind was quiet and we had a clear, consistent connection to the divine within us or the higher self, then we wouldn't need to meditate in the formal sense. The practice of meditation is to take us inward and develop a sense of ourselves beyond the mind and body. So when you're starting a meditation practice, don't try to do too much. Less is better. Practice a little bit each day, and then let your spirit call for it. Five minutes is a good starting point to begin to cultivate some inner connection. The desire to have moments of peace and serenity inside of you will grow. So let's talk about a holistic approach to meditation. And let's say unifying with our true nature. This is how we thrive in life. In order to do that, we need to consider Ayurveda, the sister science of yoga. Both Ayurveda and yoga, along with Jyotish or Vedic astrology, they all come from the Vedas, which were given or heard by sages of the time over 5,000 years ago. The word Ayurveda actually means the science of life or the science of living. We recognize that humans are a part of nature rather than separate from it. This is a big difference from modern science and modern medicine. We look at each person as unique and consider that uniqueness at any point in time. Also realizing that we're dynamic beings and we're evolving all the time. To describe and understand the workings of the body, the mind, and the spirit and have them working together as part of nature, in order to do that, we look at 20 qualities that are present in nature, 10 pairs of opposites. Things like hot and cold, heavy and light, cloudy and clear. And with this perspective, we look at the five elements, or what we call the Panchamahabhutas, this is Sanskrit. Yeah? And uh, those five elements are earth, water, fire, air, and the ethers, or the unseen energies. Think about your body and the physical part as earth element. And we understand that inside our bodies are mostly water. 
We have the fire of digestion and transformation. For example, if you cut your skin, it knits back together. Amazing. We breathe air, and then the ethers are those unseen energies or space. It's present in each cell of our bodies and all around us in our environment. Take a moment right now and just rub your palms together a couple of times, and then hold them a couple of feet apart and slowly move them toward each other. What do you feel? Is there pressure or tingling or maybe heat? That's your energy. This is the, the ethers that we talk about. In Ayurveda, we look at these five elements and how they function in your body and mind. And we call these the doshas. Vata dosha is the air and the ethers. Pitta is the fire and water elements. And kapha is earth and also water element. So these doshas then describe how these five elements function in us, which then affects how we experience our body, mind, and spiritual connection. And there's a few more points about this connection between yoga, meditation, and Ayurveda. Each of these doshas has a component that affects our spiritual connection and our ability to be blissful. In Ayurveda, we understand that spiritual disconnection is at the root of all disease in the body and the mind. Key principles we understand from nature are that like qualities attract more of the same, and the opposite qualities will bring balance to a situation. And then there's something called the Mahagunas, and these are the overriding aspects that are present in everything in nature and in our minds and bodies. So these Mahagunas are tamas, which is the darkness of life. It's, our, it's negativity, it's inertia. We all have a little of that, maybe. And our sleep, which of course we need. So it's not about good and bad with these aspects. But perhaps not too much darkness is ideal. And then there's rajas, or the disturbance and activity of life. And then sattva, which is balance and harmony and the light of our consciousness. So you think about these energies, the amount of each of them present in the mind and body will dictate our perspective, how we approach and conduct everything in life, and our desire and ability to meditate. Consider then that we're each born with a unique constitution, a unique combination of vata, pitta, and kapha, and an amount of tamas, rajas, and sattva that we get from our parents, from our environment, and also our karma, or the opportunities for evolution that we came into this life with. So some simple examples of how this is expressed in our lives then is a person with a lot of pitta will be more fiery and have an active mind. When there's imbalance, as in excess of fire element, 
then we tend to get rigid and controlling and we can be quite aggressive with an overactive mind. Meditation is really tough and not particularly interesting to someone in this condition and unless there maybe there's a competition involved. And then consuming fiery things like alcohol or hot sauce or garlic makes it even harder because this increases rajas in the mind particularly, as well in the body. But the same person could remove those fiery substances from their eating and drinking, and the mind will calm down. So that the idea of sitting down to get started in meditation will be much easier and become more desirable. Like qualities attract like qualities. In Ayurveda and yoga, we realize cause and effect. For every action, there is a result. If I sit for just five minutes with a little willingness to go inside each day, it has an effect and it takes me toward the light of my consciousness. It's sattva. Over time, we may increase the action that takes us toward sattva and we get more sattva in the body and in the mind. And this is what happens with the practices of yoga and Ayurveda, but particularly with yoga when they are practiced in a sattvic manner. So for example, if you start with an asana practice in yoga, then if you approach it in a competitive way, for example, then it will increase the rajas. Maybe it will take you toward sattva. Maybe not. Maybe it will exhaust you and take you toward tamas. So we don't have to be perfect, but if we have a little understanding of the direction that we want to go, then our actions, this rajas, can take us in the direction that we'd like to go toward sattva. Another example is the person who says they have a monkey mind. Now, this person likely has some excess vata dosha. The light and mobile qualities of vata will have their energy just flying all over the place. Uh, a tendency to be ungrounded, to be scattered or forgetful, and continual movement. The idea of sitting still or having stillness inside is likely foreign and maybe even unimaginable. Typically, they're eating too much light, airy food, too much of the bitter and astringent taste, things like green smoothies, which makes them more light and airy. But typically, they would also say to you, oh, I just love those things. And that like attracts like, and the opposite brings balance comes in here. So this person needs warm, cooked, grounding foods. So to get started, they typically need a focal point in meditation, such as a mantra. This brings up another key point in Ayurveda and yoga, which is that there are numerous techniques, and they work. But sometimes certain techniques are not the best for that individual's constitution and the imbalances they may have at that time. And this is where the combination of Ayurveda and yoga works so well. Understanding the qualities of your constitution 
can assist you in understanding what techniques are best, as well as some of the most important factors affecting our ability to sit for meditation and to begin to experience stillness and the bliss that's available to us. Seeing ourselves beyond the activity of the mind. In Ayurveda and yoga, we understand that what we expose our five senses to makes a difference in the amount of the mahagunas that are present in us. Those five senses are our sight, our sound, taste, touch, and smell. Now, think about spending an evening at a rock concert in a large arena or a sporting event. How do, how do your mind and body feel afterwards? Is it tamas, rajas, or sattva? Probably rajas. Activity. Stimulated. Or what about when you eat leftovers out of the refrigerator? Think about how you feel later. They're, the leftovers are tamasic. They have little to no prana. And then eating it cold will also weaken your agni, which is your digestive fire, your ability to digest food and to digest life. But reheating it will ensure that there's no prana, prana being the life force in it, which is what really brings the nourishment and energy to us. And so the leftovers are tamasic. It will increase the dullness in the mind and the body. And you know, the mind can be overactive and dull at the same time. Think about that one. Overactivity, such as excessive exercise, will increase the rajas and the activity in the mind. It's all connected. So with the mind in constant thought, well, isn't the mind designed for this? Now, we can take all of this into consideration about a meditation practice. Meditation offers us the opportunity to connect to our divine self, our spiritual being, or the God of your heart, you might say, to see who we are beyond the body and mind. Not to discount the body and mind at all, but to see ourselves as a whole being. Each of us has the opportunity to go in the direction of this connection, or in the direction of self-realization, or we can move away from it. We could say that all of life becomes our yoga practice as we cultivate sattva, or more rajas and tamas. The yoga practice of eating is to make conscious life-giving choices in what and how we eat. And it will, it will cultivate sattva or more rajas and tamas in the body and mind, depending on what you choose and how you consume it. As the rajas and tamas in the mind increases, we tend toward attachment and addictions, which brings suffering. 
the person who eats a tamasic diet is going to have a difficult time with meditation and probably won't even see it as helpful. And the person with the rajasic mind won't want to sit still because everything on the outside seems more important than what's inside. So viewing meditation through the lens of the Mahagunas of Tamas, Rajas, and Sattva, it helps us to cultivate some self-compassion as we come to understand what we're doing to ourselves and having a context or a framework to identify the why of how we feel. Then Ayurveda and yoga provide tools and a path for us to tune into ourselves at any given moment and to really identify what changes and adaptations we can make. You know, having the tools to bring balance back to our body and mind, it ultimately supports our evolution in seated meditation. And without this knowledge of how our, what we call ahar, which is our diet, and vihar, our lifestyle, how they affect us, the consistent integration of skills that are cultivated in meditation will be difficult, if not impossible. So the benefits of meditation increase exponentially with the choice and the application of the tools of Ayurveda and yoga. So remember that the cultivation of sattva in the mind supports meditation on all levels, and it's through our experience that we move beyond all of this analysis and truly begin the journey back to ourselves. Again, even starting with three to five minutes, it will yield great results. Everything you do in life can become your yoga practice. Releasing resistance to doing something becomes your yoga practice. And a seated meditation and all of the other things I've mentioned will cultivate the sattva that will support you in your realization of self and true freedom. <laughs>